All right, good people, let's go into the word for today. I encourage you to get a notepad or some device upon which you can take notes and uh, to minimize any distractions because the word of God always commands our complete and undivided attention. And to that end, let us pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, we are grateful for another opportunity to connect, to share, to learn, and to grow, that we may become all that you destined us to be. We pray for every household in which this word is being broadcast, that there will be an impartation and a revelation of the truth, that we may come out of this session with an understanding that empowers us for a future and a legacy of greatness. And this we have prayed in the matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. So, of course, we want to see your amens coming in the chat box. And uh, we want to see your fire emojis just, uh, just lighting up the social media space. And uh, there's still time to invite your friends and family and networks to come on board and be a part of today's Hour of Power. Today I'm going to speak into an extremely important subject and uh, it is about the journey from revival to revelation. We are moving today from revival to revelation. And in the presentation today, I'm going to start with a scripture reading and then we're going to look at a definition for revelation. You know, the word revelation is, is used uh, universally in the church and I guess there are assumptions about what this word means. And what we want to do is uh, arrive at a definition for revelation. So we understand what it means to have a revelation or to know something by revelation or to uh, be operating in uh, revelation knowledge. And then I'm going to talk about the truth you know. We'll look at revelation versus education, and then revival versus revelation. We'll look at the master key, and then I want to talk about the four revelations that will change your life forever. So let's start with our scripture reading. This is St. Paul to the Galatians, and it's found in Galatians chapter 1 and verses 11 through 12. It reads, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow and wow. One more time. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here is Paul uh, saying to the Galatians that the gospel he preached to them was a gospel, a good news, a message that he received by revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, he didn't particularly go to Bible school. He wasn't taught it by anyone particularly. Of course, he experienced the new birth 
on the road to Damascus when he met Jesus personally, and this um, initiated a journey in his life. And Paul went off the scene for many years in which he spent time with the scriptures, which were, of course, the 39 books of the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. He spent time in the scriptures, being a learned scholar. Uh, in fact, he was a Pharisee, and so um, he had a lot of background knowledge in the scriptures. And he reinterpreted the scriptures in, in light of his experience with Christ. And while he was in that season of, of searching and seeking, he began to see the truth and the light of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, uh, the message of salvation, and he received it by revelation. Now, of course, he 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 certainly, uh, you know, worked with the other apostles at various stages, you know, for for some confirmation and uh, and participation. But the reality is that the gospel of Jesus Christ, as preached by Paul to the Gentiles, came to him by revelation. And so it's important perhaps to understand what a revelation is. So the, uh, the English word revelation is translated from the Greek apocalypsis, apocalypsis. And if it sounds like apocalypse, that's exactly what it is. But uh, an apocalypse is not really a mindless nuclear war with a um, atomic mushroom uh, cloud. But apocalypsis literally means unveiling or to uncover or to make known or to make clear. So the revelation is the unveiling. It is the it is the uncovering, it is making something known that was previously hidden. And here are some other dictionary definitions, an act of revealing or communicating divine truth, something that is revealed by God to humans, an act of revealing to view or making known, an enlightening or astonishing disclosure, you know, as in a shocking revelation. And so uh, I'm going to summarize all of that as follows. A revelation is a realization. A revelation is a realization. Actually, something is revealed to you when it is unveiled and made known, and now you can see it for yourself. Now you know it. You have come into a realization. And so when we talk about getting a revelation, we're fundamentally talking about unveiling a truth, unveiling reality, discovering reality, and coming to a new realization. And so um, in that respect, revelation is quite personal. It's quite personal. Uh, in other words, you know, two people can sit under the same teaching, uh, but one come to realize things that the other does not. Two of us can read the same book, but one comes to realize things that the other did not, because revelation is personal, and it is, number one, a personal realization, uh, a personal realization. This, uh, this is defined here. Realizing is a personal awakening to a new reality. So when you personally wake up to a new reality and you realize that reality, this is a revelation and it is personal. Number two, top right, 
It is a personal understanding. So a personal understanding and conviction of a truth. When you know something by revelation, it means that that truth has been unveiled, uncovered, and made known to you. And now you understand it. It's part of your personal understanding. It is your personal realization. You now see this, even if others around you cannot see it. And of course, what you are now seeing is going to inform your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. It's going to inform your direction, your strategy. It will inform so much about the way you live your life because this is a personal understanding. Number three, bottom left, revelation is a personal light bulb. It is a light bulb moment. It is an enlightening. It it is a sudden visibility or an insight to where you can see beyond the surface uh, of a situation or a circumstance, and you're now seeing things, understanding things that are transforming for you. In that respect, it's a light bulb moment. You know, uh, for some people, uh, sitting in a seminar, sitting in a service, singing uh, uh, with the worship, or listening to a sermon constitutes a light bulb moment. It's that aha, it's that eureka, it's that now I see. And it's a personal thing. It's not something that a teacher can make happen because actually there is a difference between teaching and learning. So, you know, teaching is an, is an output or an input, but learning is always an outcome. And so a teacher can teach very, very well, but can never guarantee the outcome of learning because learning relies on light bulbs going off in the mind of the listener. Learning relies on the light being switched on in the heart and the mind of the student. And so when that light comes on and you can now see things that you couldn't see before, you now understand things that you didn't understand before. You now realize a certain reality, a spiritual reality that you didn't realize before. You were aware of, you 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 understood in an academic sense, but but you've now realized it because the light has gone on in your mind. That is a personal revelation. And then finally, you know, revelation is is a personal uh, penny drop moment. Now, um, you know, the idea of the penny dropping, you know, you know, when 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 someone finally gets it, it's, ah, that's it. The penny has dropped. And, and often we, we're, we're not sure about the the etymology or the history of that phrase. But basically it refers to a time in British history when uh, public lavatories, uh, you know, cost a penny. And so um, uh, you had to, you know, insert a penny, and when the penny dropped, the door would open. And so it is today. The penny drop um, refers to that moment at which the door that was closed to you is now open. And that's a personal revelation. The penny has dropped. I've had a light bulb moment. I now realize, uh, and I'm awake to a new reality now understand and have personal convictions about a particular truth. 
And why is it important to have convictions and realizations and awakenings to a truth? Uh, it is because it is only the truth that you know that is going to make you free. Uh, someone once said, you know, the truth will make you free. Well, that's not quite what Jesus said. Let's read it. John 8, verse 31 to 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, you know, when we go around and say, you know, the truth will make you free, that's only part of the story, and that's lifting a text out of its context. In its context, Jesus is speaking to those Jews who already believed on him. And he says to them that if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So you have to continue in the word. Uh, in other words, it's not enough to say, yeah, yep, you know, I know Jesus. I met Jesus. Uh, I was born again a certain time. I know Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. That's, that's not enough. That's, that's referring to a historic experience. But in terms of a continuous uh, experience, a continuous transformation, he says you must continue in my word. And this means that you must consume the word of God. This means that you must fall in love with the word of God. This means that you must become somewhat addicted to the word of God, because as you continue in the word of God, understanding the principles, practicing the principles, then are you Christ's disciples, his students, his apprentices. And he says, it is you who are continuing in my word that are going to know the truth. Notice that you will know the truth. And this is different to being aware of the truth, being informed of the truth. Um, it speaks of a personal realization, knowing the truth an awakening to a new reality, a light bulb moment to where the truth is unveiled to you. It is made manifest. It's made known. Now you know that truth for yourself. And because you know that truth, it is the truth that you know that is going to make you free. The truth doesn't make you free until you know it for yourself. And that's where revelation comes in. That's where the conviction of Paul to write to the Galatians and say, I'm certifying to you that the gospel that was preached by me uh, is not of man because I didn't receive it from man. I wasn't taught it, but I got it by revelation of Jesus Christ. This is why, you know, Peter, when he was asked, you know, who do you say that I am? He said to Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Simon, you are blessed because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. In other words, you've got now a personal revelation, a personal conviction. The veil uh, has been removed. The curtain has been drawn back. That which was hidden has now been revealed. A light bulb of, has gone off in your mind. You are now awake to a new reality. You realize that I am more than a prophet, but that I am the 
son of the living God. And he said, you are blessed, Simon, because this is revelation knowledge. Wow and wow, this is exciting. And this means that there is a difference between education and revelation. And I think it's an important difference that we should highlight today and become acutely aware of, particularly in this season, this, this moment in human history, this turning of the, uh, of the page and this opening up of a new chapter in human history that we think of as coronavirus, COVID-19, however you think of it, it has opened up a new chapter in human history. And it's very important that we understand the difference between education and revelation. Why? Because I think that for many years, Christians have enjoyed good Christian education. And we've had so much education because we're in the information age. You know, we can go on YouTube, we can go on Facebook, we can we can subscribe to various ministries. We've got a plethora of books. We've got, you know, we're in the age of Christian resource. Whatever it is you want to find out about, you can find out about prayer and fasting. You can find out about spiritual warfare and worship. You can find out about theology and Christology and typology. And you can literally self-study and become a great learner and someone that is educated. In fact, when you when you try to share things with most Christians, like, well, I already know that. Uh, you know, if you read a familiar passage of scripture, the mindset is, well, yeah, I, I already know that. And so we've got a whole generation who already knows that. And so they don't really feel the need to go back into the word or to pray into the scriptures or to or to routinely expose themselves to uh, biblical principles, because as far as they're concerned, they already know that. I already know that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus died for me, that he rose again. I already know that God is good, that God is love, and, and that he's light, and that he's merciful. I already know these things, so I don't really need for anyone to, to show me anything. I don't really need to see anything. However, one of the things that we've discovered in this uh, global pandemic is that there are a lot of educated Christians who simply don't know the truth. And their education didn't help them in the transition uh, because it's very easy to forget things that you have learned and things that you only know by education. And so they found themselves ill-equipped. They found themselves without strength, without faith, without confidence, without hope, without peace, without any of the virtues and the attributes because they relied exclusively on Christian education but never had personal revelation. Now let's look at this in the scriptures. This scripture is profound. It's 2 Timothy 3 verse 7. 2 Timothy 3 verse 7. And it refers to people who are, get ready for this, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Oh wow, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The suggestion here is that there's a difference between learning and knowing the truth. I'm going to say it again. There's a difference between learning and knowing the truth. For there are certainly some people here in this passage, and definitely a lot of people in the world today, 
who are ever learning about God and about Christ and about the Bible, but have not come to the knowledge of the truth. Because there's a difference between education and revelation. Education is learning new information. Revelation is knowledge of the truth, intimate knowledge of the truth, personal knowledge of the truth. It is that awakening to a new reality. It is that light bulb moment. It is that personal conviction. It is where the penny drops and the door is now open to you. It is the unveiling, the uncovering, the making known of a truth to where you now know that truth. And because you know that truth, the truth that you know will make you free. And so this is why revelation knowledge is the master key. Revelation is the master key. And I sense that God is calling us back to the word. I sense that God is calling us deeper into the word. I sense that, you know, in the lockdown and the global pandemic, uh, ministry has pretty much been forced to prioritize discipleship. Ministries worldwide have been forced to prioritize discipleship. What does that mean? It means that all of the bells and whistles of an entertaining service um, uh, have been denied us because we've not been able to physically meet. We've not been able to turn on the lights. We've not been able to create these beautiful backdrops. We've not been able to choreograph services and events. We've not been able to do all of the things that made church so entertaining. So what have we been able to do? We've been able to teach and to preach and to share knowledge and information. And this is really a, a call to, to refocus, to realign, to prioritize discipleship, because if we've learned anything from this experience, it is that we are going to need deep convictions, personal understandings. We are going to need uh, knowledge of the truth so that we can survive storms, so that we can survive adverse seasons so that we can keep on keeping on, pressing on, and holding on to something that we believe. Our beliefs have become primary and most important in this particular time. So revelation is the master key. Revelation knowledge is the master key. And it is number one, the key to salvation. The key to salvation. You see, Salvation starts with a personal revelation of Jesus. I cannot overemphasize this. Uh, you know, for some people, if you ask them, oh, well, when did you become a Christian? I say, well, I was, I've always been a Christian. I was born and raised in a Christian family. And, you know, I've been going to church as long as I can remember. But there is a difference between being saved and going to church. There's a difference between experiencing a new birth and a new life in Jesus Christ and simply uh, being the member of an organized religious body under the heading Christianity. Because actually salvation, salvation and new birth begins with a personal revelation of Jesus. In other words, you know, you, you, you hear the sermon, you hear the gospel, and you, you experience an awakening to a new reality. 
you personally experience the awakening to a new reality, a light bulb goes on in your mind and you can now see that Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life, that Jesus really is the savior of your soul, that Jesus really is the son of the living God, and that Jesus died for you and rose again and is alive and is coming back and is ready to live in your life. I mean, these things are revelations. They are, you know, and 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 I guess this is what the the intellectuals and the the scientific community struggle with. They struggle with reconciling faith with with the observable and measurable facts of the physical world. But you see, faith by definition is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. So it is very personal. And when you personally realize Jesus as Savior, then salvation begins in your life. And so you don't get saved by joining the church. You don't get saved by, uh, you know, just, you know, reading a lot of Christian material. You get saved when the light bulb goes on in your mind, when the penny drops, when you are awakened to the reality of Jesus. And this is a supernatural experience. It is literally new birth. It is a new beginning. And it's a miracle, and it's a miracle that can happen for you right now. If it has not happened before, I dare you to close your eyes and pray and say, God, give me a personal revelation of Jesus. Because in that moment, you are going to see him in ways that, that, that perhaps others uh, have not yet seen him. And you'll see him so beautiful, so amazing that you'll be ready to, to give your life, to give your heart uh, over to him, to surrender, and to begin to walk with God. Wow, revelation is the master key to salvation. Revelation is the master key to a growing, uh, intimate, and strong relationship with God. You know, the Bible says that we love God because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. Well, let's think about that for a moment. Here's what it means. It means that our love for God is reflecting our revelation of his love for us. I'm going to say it again. It means that our love for God is always reflecting our revelation of his love for us. In other words, we love God in proportion to our realization of his love for us. So once you get a revelation of God's love for you, it just makes you love him more. And so the relationship grows and gets stronger by revelation of the love of God. Some of you know what I'm talking about and should be screaming in the chat box right now that your love for God continues to grow because your revelation of his love for you is continuing to grow. Wow. So... Number three, bottom left, the revelation is the master key to transformation. Transform, I love that word transformation, because it, it means to transcend your form. And your form, your form describes the, the, the limitations, 
the uh, the definitions, the labels uh, that have defined you and confined you uh, for most of your life. But you transcend that form, you transcend those labels, you transcend those definitions, you transcend those constrictions, you transcend those limitations in transformation, which means you become so much more than what they said you could ever be. You begin to defy all of the expectations of your haters and your, your naysayers. You begin to defy the expectations of your school teachers and your social workers and society at large because you are being transformed. Now, the Bible teaches that transformation happens by the renewing of your mind. Wow and wow. It is a new mind that produces a new life. And so how do you get a new mind? It's the awakening to new reality. It's the light bulb moments that you experience. It is the personal understandings, the unveilings and the making knowns of spiritual truth that begin to transform your mind. It's not just new information, it's new revelation. And finally, as we've already discussed, revelation is the master key to liberty. The truth you know is the truth that will make you free. So I'm going to start to wind down here and I want to talk about, you know, the difference between revival and revelation, because I am convinced that that actually what we need right now is revelation and not revival. Now, this is not me knocking the, the concept of revival because, you know, Christians everywhere are praying for revival and, you know, the, the idea of revival is it's it's biblical and it's it's a blessing and there is no doubt that uh, revival and and uh, renewal and all of those things are an important part of the christian journey but what i've said here in the circle is we don't need a revival we need a revelation why because by definition revival is bringing back something we once had Let's bring back the good old days. Give me that old time religion. I remember when. And it's, it's constantly looking back to the golden age of Christianity or a golden age in your life. And when we're looking at where we used to be compared to where we are, then there comes this prayer for revival and just wake us up, God, and revive our spirit, revive our worship, revive our prayer, revive our praise. However, revelation is different to revival because revelation is about seeing something we've never seen before. Revival is about bringing back something that we have seen before. Revelation is about seeing something we have never seen before. And I dare to say to you that right now, we are already seeing things we have never seen before. In the kingdoms of darkness, we are seeing uh, this global pandemic. We are seeing the dismantling and collapse of, of strong economies. We are seeing the disruption to virtually every facet of our social and economic lives. 
we are seeing things that we've never seen before. So guess what? We need power we've never had before. We need some miracles we've never had before. We need some breakthroughs we've never had before because we're facing things we've never faced before. We are in a new day. Our new day has a new set of challenges. There are new technologies uh, before us. There are new uh, systems that we're dealing with. There are new dilemmas that we're dealing with. And if your answer to the new is bringing back the old, then you then it begs the question, you know, you know, what happened to the old? I mean, if the old was so good, uh, you know, why hasn't it lasted? The truth is that what we need right now is revelation. We need to see God in ways we've never seen him before. We need to see the power spirit doing things that we've never seen before we are in need of revelation not simply revival and there are four revelations that will change your life and here they are number one is the revelation of jesus your life changes when you realize that jesus is lord the revelation of jesus is a revelation of god if you want to know what god is like you will see him in the face of jesus christ and the more that you get a revelation of jesus the more your life will change top right number two you need a revelation of you and i don't mean the you that man made i don't mean the you that society made i don't mean the you that people have labeled you i mean the you that god made and the you that the you that god is in and with and for and through uh, it's the authentic you, it's the original you, and you need a revelation of who you really are. Your life changes when you realize that you are precious in God's sight, that you are called, chosen, and positioned on purpose. This is an important revelation, that you begin to see yourself in a new light. You begin to see yourself as important, as significant, as valued, and as valuable, and as deliberate, intentionally, and strategically present on planet Earth for such a time as this. You need a new vision of you. Number four it's a, is the, number three is the revelation of purpose. Your life changes when you realize that you are here for a reason, by divine design, and by divine selection. That revelation of purpose is life-changing. I mean, anyone that finds purpose in life uh, begins to find power in life. And people that have no purpose in life uh, be, uh, lack power, they lack influence, they lack significance, they lack energy, they lack passion because there is no purpose. When you get a revelation of your purpose and that light goes on, wow, we begin to see the real you, the you that God made. And finally is the revelation of your destiny. Your life changes when you realize that God predetermined an impact and outcome for your life. In other words, you know, a postcode was set in the navigational system of your life, a zip code, a postcode. And, there, and God has a destination for you. He has an ultimate outcome for you. He has a plan for you. And this is so very exciting. And, uh, and I'm going to say this, that we love God in proportion to our revelation of his love for us, which means little revelation, little love. I want to pray for you right now that God will give you a revelation of his love for you. Because as you see it, you're simply going to love him back. As you see it, 
um, you know, wanting to, to be born again, to live for God, to be part of the family of God, to be part of the plan of God, it's going to be a no-brainer because of your revelation of His love for you. So I want you to bow your heads wherever you are. I want you to get your whole family together. Just bow your heads, and I'm just going to pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray for every person under the hearing of this message. And we are praying for revelation, a revelation, an understanding, an awakening, a personal conviction, a light bulb moment. We're praying, Lord, for a revelation of your love that we would realize it's your love that has brought us safe this far. It is your love that protected us and helped us when we couldn't help ourselves. And it is your love that brought Jesus into the world and to that old rugged cross. It is your love that has made a way of salvation. It's your love that has made the forgiveness and remission of sins an absolute reality. It's your love that has made eternal life our eternal destiny. And God, we are praying for revelation of the love of God in Christ and that someone today will say yes. Someone today will surrender. Someone today will say, Lord, I come. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we have prayed. And all the people said, amen and amen. You've been listening to a live sermon at ICANN Community Church. We hope that you feel inspired informed and empowered to take your life to the next level. We want to build a relationship with you, whether you attend ICC or not. Of course, we would love for you to visit or even to join. But if that's not possible, we can still stay in touch. Go to our website at www.icancommunitychurch.com and subscribe to our mailing list for updates on special events which may be coming to an area near you. Until next time, this is Bishop Wayne Malcolm saying God bless you.